So this is basically a classic good news, bad news scenario that starts with the bad news. You're going to be targeted by the party. I mean, you already are. Uh, if you are not in lockstep with the party, you're going to be targeted by them. But the targeting is going to get more severe, and it is going to hit things like your bank account, and it is going to hit things like your credit rating. And the good news part of this is that we already have the toolkit on how to survive this, and we actually already know how it ends if we'll just, you know, have the faith to count on that. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Merry Christmas to you. And um, this time of year, I think it's incumbent upon us to say those things, like, all the time. It's really interesting, you know, when you live in a free world or a free state, how common that is. And I've been testing the theory on that, that, that... I think this is much more common over here. Uh, that is Idaho, which is you know the free one of the freer states. It's not it's not perfect. We still have got Brad Little, who is a fake conservative in office, but we've got a great lieutenant governor who's probably going to run against the guy. Um, but I've been testing the thesis, and so in Idaho, I've been going about saying purposely to people, "Merry Christmas," and I do that in in communist countries like Washington State as well. And I've been tracking the response. And a lot of it's just joyful. Just, oh, Merry Christmas to you. I have yet to get a, a you know, begrudging happy holidays. I, get, I did get from one older lady. Got, Thank you. And that's perfectly fine. I don't know. She might be Jewish. She might be something else. Uh, she might be atheist. And it, but it was, it, was a, it was a hearty thank you. Uh, it wasn't begrudging. But I've been testing it as well when I have to engage in phone interactions with people uh, across the country. And there's been a little bit of that because of the insurance stuff. And, and by the way, if you're wondering, um, about 25% of the packing, the medical packing is out of my beak. I went in and saw the doctor yesterday and she, she didn't feel comfortable taking it all out. Uh, but it's, it's, man, it's better. So hopefully that'll be happening next week. But when I talk to people, uh, you know, outside of, of free America, and I say things, I say Merry Christmas. Uh, I have gotten the Happy Holidays, sir. I have gotten the, um, just ignoring that. Thank you for your call. How may I help you? And I feel sad in a way for them, not for me. I mean, I don't need to hear Merry Christmas back. That's not why I'm saying it. Uh, but I feel sad for them because of the theft of this. And, and frankly, you know, I've, <laughs> this is the, the trap we fall into, right? I've, I've got all sorts of, I have many friends who are Jewish. And, and I do have many friends who are Jewish. So I, I get to say that and not be a bad person. Um, and I get to make that point and not be, not, not, not be made fun of. And they've never been bothered by me saying Merry Christmas. But around the country, the test is really, really interesting. Now, this is not, I mean, this isn't a sign of being targeted by the party. That, man, 
I said yesterday in the podcast, and you hope you heard the conversation I had with Zach Abraham. If you didn't download that, please do. Um, that the party fully intends the 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 mechanisms are all set up. There's the tripwires are all sitting there uh, to start to corral people into you will support the party's official view on things, or you will not participate in society. This is the end game of the um, this is the end game of the injection traveling papers. That's that's what it is. You're going to do what we tell you to do without regard to your own personal skepticism or intelligence. And the mechanisms they're setting up are it's so impressive. The lack of of logic behind the the traveling papers for the COVID flu. I can only see this as a feature. You know, because in this bifurcated society that we have, we have this this just massive bifurcation that some of us are, know what's going on. And the party's diligence in showing, hey, guys, we don't care that you know about natural immunity. We don't. We don't care that you know the death rate from this, or better yet, the survivability rate. We don't care. We don't care that you know that these injections are not vaccines. We don't care. We don't care that you know the masks don't work. We don't care. It doesn't matter. Shut up your head. That's a sign of dominance. And what they're counting on is exhaustion. Likewise, likewise with what they're doing to our cities and and to our law enforcement. And this is the part where it's so disconcerting to me that the targeting is going to come to you. You are being psychologically targeted today with the, man, I am so tired. And maybe I'll just give in. And I've tried the thing, like if I, if I ever get called into a interview on Fox, which won't happen, by the way, just so we're all clear. Um, if that were ever to occur and it was about COVID, I would just say, you know, I'm so bored by, by you because there's no, we're not going to have a real serious conversation. We're not going to talk about the fraud. This is fraud. If you want to talk about the fraud, I'll talk about the fraud. If you want to, if you want to coax this in discussing a flu, no, but man, I'll talk fraud all day long. But we're all being psychologically targeted in that way. But then there's this. This, and this one is, is so very brutal. Because it involves my biggest human fear. My, my, my greatest human fear is not death. I am not afraid to die. I, I believe, I, well, I know where I'm going. So I am, I, at one point, we had a brutal fear of death. I used to wake up in the middle of the night when I'd realized I was going to die and I'd picture, I'd, I would picture this cold, just non-existence and I would wake up panicked and I don't have that and haven't for 20 years. And in the faith in which I walk now, I, I, I have no fear. My greatest fear, honestly, has been being poor. And that is a huge character deficit of mine. Huge. It has kept me from doing the things that maybe I was really called to do. Now, speaking of that, we have an email from someone who's concerned that he doesn't see me monetizing the podcast yet. The Lord will tell us when it's time to do that. The Lord's going to say, hey, it's okay. yeah, turn on the subscription service. It's, it's valuable enough for people now. He's going to say it. I've, I've no doubt. No, no, fear, no fear at all. My biggest fear is being imprisoned for something I didn't do. Really. 
It's, it used to be being executed for something I didn't do. That's not it anymore. It's, it's being imprisoned for something I didn't do. And my, my fear on that is how I would respond. I mean, it's not the being in jail part. Being in prison, I hated being in jail the two times I was for a total of about eight hours. No, that's not true. It's a total of about, total of about 10 hours and two visits. And I hated it. But to be actually imprisoned? Now, I am not saying that you and I are going to be arrested and tossed into federal prison. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But that is just a degree of difference from what the tripwires are set up to do. And the good news to, to, to all of this for me is if you look at the podcast today, you're going to see a link to a site that has categorized the 365 fear not Bible verses. And it begins in Genesis and it ends in Revelations. And so for people new to the Bible, it's that's beginning to the end. 365 ways the Lord has told us, hey, don't be afraid. So I am counting on that because the, the, so many of the apostles of Christ were, of course, um, they were they were murdered, um, but they were also imprisoned, and they wrote with joy. There's a pastor, and I don't know his heart. I've never met him, but he spoke in Idaho. He's a Canadian pastor who has been put in prison a couple of times because he's he's committed the great offense of preaching the word. He's a you know his name. He's a Polish pastor. He's the guy who screamed, Nazis, Nazis, get out, Nazis, get out. Um, when they came to his church to try to force him to stop preaching the word of God, they recently rearrested him. He talked in Idaho about being in prison was fun. He said, man, it was so cool. I learned how to make a bouncing ball from toilet paper. And I'm telling you, I can show you how to make an incredible toy from toilet paper and and we played these games in our cells and and I so enjoyed it in fact I I, I was telling some of the guards hey I'll make a ball for you want me to make a ball for you and I sang songs and, and repeated the psalms and I, I I preached from within my cell it was this incredible blessing to me now that's faith walk there and you know what else that is to the party it's a uh-uh that's not going to work the fear is not going to work when you're confronted with what we're going to be confronted with, facing it without fear is a great problem for them because they're out of every other trick. They really are. Hour two, I'm going to go through the fear stuff they're doing on the COVID. It's just the same dance. They're out of things. They're out of ammo. They've got nothing. But to repeat the same cycle. So if you made it through the original cycle without taking the knee to the party, you're good. Just keep on. But where the targeting is and why I mentioned the fear of being imprisoned is I'm, I'm just looking at the extremes. The extremes are the January 6th people who didn't commit violence, th- those who didn't commit violence, and, and those who committed vandalism. I'm sorry, we don't punish vandalism in America anymore, particularly not if you're with a terrorist group that is evil. Black Lives Matter Incorporated, the leaders of that group are evil people. They are enacting evil. They are well-funded. They are well-supported. They're logistically supplied. They're legally supplied. They are the foot soldiers of the party. Let's not make let's, let's not be confused about that. That's what they are. They are the foot soldiers of the party. Consequently, they get to do whatever the party wants them to do, up to and including getting cops murdered because that's advantageous to the party. 
You take that comparison versus January 6th, which we're going to go through with this new piece from Revolver, which absolutely proves the point, in my opinion, that this was the, the, the event wasn't staged. President Trump afforded them that by announcing the speech in Washington, D.C., at which he told people to proceed peacefully and patriotically. The police are not our enemy. He was very, very clear on that. But, 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 but the dynamics there make very clear that there were many more operatives in, in the crowd than, than the FBI will ever admit. And they, they're telling us, oh, we, we can't say. We, you know, we can't say. So the extreme case is like the guy, the some 80-year-old man, uh, happened to be black, lived in uh, Harlem. Yeah, I think it was Harlem. Taken frog marched out of his apartment in, in, in broad view of all his neighbors, accused of being a terrorist. They seized his computers. They, they, they seized him. And all because he was there, right? Just there. He's not even accused of breaking the law. He was just there. So now his, ter- his, his, his neighbors believe he is a black white supremacist and he is probably treated accordingly, despite the fact that he's been a neighborhood fixture and a, you know, and a philanthropic guy within his neighborhood. So that's, that's a level up. He's not, he's not going to be in prison for two years like other people, but that's a level up. Then you go up to the process is the punishment people where the feds fly to Alaska to go, you know, interview some 67-year-old woman who took a selfie, but her foot touched the lawn. And that's, in that case, the process is the punishment. And then you go level up from there. And this is where you are. If you are active military, this is where you're at. And this isn't far from us because we'll go a level up from that. You're going to be targeted. You are in the marketing funnel, so to speak, or the funnel of abuse. You are. The goal is compliance. The goal is you take the knee to the party. The goal is social credit. The goal is control through what they're going to claim are non-governmental means. The goal is to snuff out thought, respect, the goal, the tactic is fear. We have 365 reasons from God to fear not. As you'll get in the link to the podcast and, and, and from Genesis, from the very beginning after this, The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Abram later became Abraham. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward from the very beginning. So you go to the people now at the DOJ, or pardon me, the Pentagon. The Pentagon may punish members of the military for liking whatever the Pentagon decides to be extremist posts. So what is extremism? It's not Black Lives Matter Incorporated. It's not, hey, I like critical race theory. It's not, hey, you know what? I do think women who get raped by so-called trans women, in other words, men, I do think they should shut up and call their rapists women. That's not extreme. None of that's extreme. I do think that the world should be put on lockdown and, and, and armed forces should go around the world and, and shove into people's homes and inject them with the mRNA. That's not extreme. Blue lives matter. Well, that's a problem. That there, that's some extremist talk. Second Amendment, what? And what's this quote about the um, the tree of liberty being watered with the blood of tyrants you what's what's that you like that who wrote that yeah we, we can't have that 
So two things happen. There are people who are in the military who want to get to retirement or want to continue their service or need their job or all those combinations thereof. They're not going to like those posts or they're going to try to have anonymous accounts, which then breaks the rules because you're not allowed to have anonymous accounts. Pentagon has to know all your accounts or you're breaking the rules. Then they can claw back any of the benefits you got, your pay. They can they can court martial you. They can put you in prison See, this is just a pipeline or what we would call in in marketing a marketing funnel. The the funnel is the largest part of the funnel is everybody. Well, we're not going to sell to everybody. So what's the more skinny part of the funnel? Men 1834. Okay. In the men 1834, how do we get them into the funnel? How do we get people? So the first step is we get them to click on our website. Now they're a little bit further down the funnel. All right, now that they've clicked on the website, now they've clicked on a couple articles. Now we're going to throw up that pop-up saying, hey, you clearly like our content. Do you want a special report on how you can become a, 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 uh, some kind of superhero? Yeah, we'll send you a report on how you can now be a superhero man. All right, now we've got their email address and boom, now they're in the funnel. And now all we need to do is find the thing that unlocks their wallet. Now they're going to pay, right? So we're going to send you our super brand of supplements and you're going to be an Iron Man. But you can save money if you just subscribe to our supplements. That way, every month they show up at your door, even if you haven't at them, and then you got to figure out how to cancel. Now you're down, baby, your money. Now you're down in the funnel. Okay, it's the same thing. There's a funnel. The people in prison for Jan 6, they're way down in the bottom of the funnel. Up at the top, not the top, but just a level up from that are now the people are being told, hey, if you like something we deem to be wrong, you are going to go further down the funnel. Just up from that are cops and other people in in these you know government professions where they're being told, and it's happened in the separate country of Washington, hey, we're going to be watching what you post, and if we don't like it, we're going to fire you. Oh, and incidentally, not just fire you, we're going to have you decommissioned as a police officer. Yeah, you, you won't be able, to be able to be a cop anymore. So our bad. Bye. See, that's further up the funnel because it hasn't happened yet. It's not quite the same thing. In fact, it might even be worse. It might be further down the funnel. Up from that are your jobs. Now, they're going to say, well, it's not the government. Well, government's not doing this. But you get called into your, your employer's office and they say, hey, look, people know you work here. You can't go around having a Blue Lives Matter thing on your site. What are you doing? We can have protesters show up here. And what's this thing that, that you put up on your site, this, this, this gender critical coming out day? You're against trans people? Well, I'm sorry. We, we can't even have you here. You're, you're such a risk. Now, that's not been, the, oh, that's not the government. No, it's not the government. It's not the government. No, it's just, just private companies being private companies. That's all it is. And that's, that's what we're seeing. That's the funnel. At the very tip top of the funnel is everybody. Every, they got to figure out how to get everybody to take the knee. But just right down into that up there is now the beginning of the funnel is the social credit system, which are the COVID traveling papers. That's what they are. So speaking of this funnel and this comparison, there's a reverse funnel. 
I, I know that this could benefit from graphics. Let me explain the reverse funnel. Really sophisticated marketers, once you're a buyer, they want to turn you into an advocate or an evangelist, a promoter. So you you sign up for the, the 29 bucks a month supplement package. And let's say it's great. No, honestly, there's some great supplements. And let's say you find out that, I don't know, Thorne Supplements. That's supposed to be the top end for high-end athletes. That Thorne, I mean, you know what? Actually, I, I, I did lose weight. I do feel better. So maybe this stuff really works. Well, so then you decide, yeah, you know, you get an offer from them. Hey, if you can get five people to buy Thorn, we're going to give you a month free. We won't charge you to so get the same supplements. They reverse the funnel. So now what they're taking is the smallest group of people who are now their buyers, then the smallest of the small, their subscribers. And they turn that around. And they say, hey, go be evangelists. And we'll spiff you for that. And we won't pay you, but we'll give you money off. And it can be significant. See, this is what the party's doing. It is utterly scary. It's utterly brilliant. And it's all tied to the news, including a former conservative. Most people forgot this lady was a former conservative. Remember, you can write to us at the ToddHermanShow.com. The only knee we take is to the Lord, the Todd Herman Show. That is a fact. I hope it's a fact. <laughs> Certainly my design. We have a bunch of those big voice things, by the way. I just, I miss having a producer. Can I be honest with you? I do. I mean, I like, I'm now beginning to enjoy the production process of this, uh, which means I have to get the video thing done. I'm, I'm actually sitting here in the home office uh, studio and I'm looking at the software. It's right over there. I could walk to it in five seconds and that's the software I need to start doing all the video stuff that's going to be in the subscription service. We'll get there. God's going to tell me when it's time to do that. So I mentioned this reverse funnel. Let me start before we get to the reverse funnel. Let me start with this piece from, um, from, from revolver.news. When these guys turn it on, they are phenomenal in terms of digging. This is the best investigative journalism that's going on in regard to January 6th. There's a reason why Tucker Carlson has had these guys on a bunch of times. This is an article called Meet Ray Epps Part 2. Damning new details emerge exposing massive web of unindicted, co- or unindicted operators at the heart of January 6th. And again, it's in the podcast notes, so you can click on it. I should just, I don't know, I, I don't like writing, but I would put this in my, my sub stack. I need to get better at that. So if you read this report, and it is lengthy. Guys, I read this, I think it took me to actually read it and consume it. I think it took me an hour. And in this report, you're, you're going you're gonna to hear about Ray Epps. Epps was the guy who is very, very clearly, in my judgment, a Fed uh, and and very clearly, in my judgment, was a guy who was absolutely urging people to go into the Capitol. It's not that's not even my judgment. He's on video saying we need to get inside our enemies in there. That's what we need to do. This is our enemy. Come with me. We need to get inside. And, and you remember so many people in the crowd were yelling fed, fed, fed at him. So he was not even nearly alone. He was so not alone in this. They go through in this report, and what's important about this is these people are on video. Their faces are pretty clear. 
the same feds that tracked down the older gentleman in, I think it was Harlem, could track these guys down if they really chose to, but they're not choosing to. So there's a guy in this who early, early on decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to take down the barricades. They're not barricades, but take down the fences around the Capitol that the police had put up. And I'm going to topple the signs that says that say, you know, restricted area. You can't walk here. Federal law. Don't do it. I'm going to take those down. He's on video. And instantly he's not he's not worried. He's not in a particular hurry. He's just rolling up this this plastic fence and toppling um, the signs that say restricted area. And he's doing this when President Trump is still speaking. And I think it's he starts this process 30, 20 to 30 minutes before the president is done speaking. Now, he was there with Ray Epps and some other guys before anything really got going. They were there very, very early. And they got to a particular point, sort of a choke point. And that's where it seems they interacted. So that guy peels off. His job is apparently to go take down the barriers. There's another guy who gets up in a tower. He's three stories above everybody. And Ray Epps ended up right below this guy. And this guy's up in a tower. By the way, they all have matching bullhorns. <laughs> Remember when the feds showed up at this event and they all had matching watches and they all wore the same brand of, of, uh, of dude clothes and dude sunglasses? Remember that? And they, that, they actually were feds. So Epps is below this guy, three stories up, in this um, this tower that was built for the media for the uh, installation of Biden. He's giving orders. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. And at some point, someone else took the bullhorn and started to like give a little speech. And that guy seized the bullhorn back. He said, no, 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 no. What The only thing people need to know now is keep moving forward. There was another guy who was breaking windows trying to. Epps approached him and they had a conversation. He's on video, not indicted. The area where Barrier Man took down the barriers is exactly where the Epps people led folks. In fact, one of the people who appears to be connected to Epps was, in fact, the first guy to go over that barrier, not not a Trumpian. Well, we don't know because the feds won't track him down. He went over the barrier by way of showing people this is the way. So when people arrived from the Trump speech, there was an entire area where they were most likely to go because it was the most direct shot that did not have the netted webbing up saying, don't come in here. It did not have the signs saying, don't come in here. And you had Epps saying, come on, come on, come on. Let's see, we've got to go in there. That's where our enemy is. We need to go. You had the guy up in the tower. Move forward, move forward, move forward. And the article in Revolver points out that the feds at one point, in an earlier instance, brought something like 1,600 
1,600 agitators, federal agitators, to an event with 10,000 protesters. Now, remember this. These are the same people who are telling us that there is an army of white supremacists ready to seize control of Washington, D.C. That's why we needed the barriers. That's why we needed the fencing. That's why we needed all of this. And at every state capital, and again, the coordination, again, the coordination. The communist dictators like Newsom, like Inslee, they played along. Oh, we're an incredible threat. They're going to seize our capitals, so we need to lock the doors. And what has this resulted in? What's it resulted in? Social credit. Legislators from New York and from Washington State who are not injected do not get to vote. That's not true. Do not get to be involved in floor debates. And in in the state of Washington, it's worse than that. The party just said, we're going to limit people who get to come to the floor. Not, it's not that you tested positive for the COVID flu. It's not that. It's not that you're not injected. It's just for a safety measure. We're only going to make sure that a very small number of legislators actually get to legislate. My friend, Jesse Young, who is a man of God and a very, very solid legislator in uh, Washington, Washington, running for Washington State Senate. Jesse has my 100% support, unquestioned support to be a senator in Washington State. He can't go to the floor. That meant that during the legislative session last year, which didn't exist because it was all illegal, Jesse couldn't have a floor. Um, He couldn't have a floor objection. In fact, he wasn't allowed to object because he was on mute on a Zoom call. This is how this is manifested. That's social credit being applied to legislators. Okay, and they're being targeted. They're in the funnel. You are too. We all are in the funnel. And God has told us a countless times. Isaiah 35, 4. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance and divine retribution. He will come to save you. Job 5, 21. You'll be protected from the last of the tongue. and need not fear when destruction comes. Joshua eleven sixteen. the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them because by this time tomorrow, I will hand all of them. I, I, I will yeah, hand all of them slain over to Israel. You're, you're to hamstring their horses and burn their chariots. So 365 times, God has told us, don't fear. What we're seeing is a promotion of criminality. What we're seeing is thug as government. What we're seeing is thuggery as government. We have a system. I believe the United States Constitution and Bill of Rights was um, was written by men. Well, I, I believe they were they were uh, inspired by God to create a, a country based upon the core respect that God created us, not government. Since God created mankind, because one thing we know, government did not create us. I believe fully God created us. Therefore, we belong to God, not government. Therefore, God created his beings, his human beings, with certain inalienable rights, like the right to pursue life, liberty, and happiness. Like the right to create their own government. Our government has a document that restrains them. 
It is a very well-written document. It's not at all mysterious. It's been made mysterious. So they're the ones who are, in fact, violating, as I see it in Romans 13, the authorities. That's my view. And I'm, I'm happy to debate that with pastors. That's my view. Now, I mentioned the reverse funnel. Okay, here's what this means. At the same time as all this is going on, and the DOJ and Merrick Garland, who is absolutely a conflicted, and that man is in pain. That's a man who has, he does, he has institutional memory of what it's like to respect the law. I can see it in his eyes. That man remembers what it's like to have honor. And I think it pains him to do what he's doing. I really do. I, I, I don't feel sorry for him because he should just stop. But my sense of him, and again, I don't want to provide false witness, so I can't say that I know. My sense of Merrick Garland is that Merrick Garland is in pain. Merrick Garland doesn't want to do this, but Merrick Garland understands this is the way of the party. If Merrick Garland wants to have any relevance and to be a boss man, boss men have to do these things. Merrick Garland fully understands that if Merrick Garland comes back and says, hey, I'm not doing this. Merrick Garland is done. Merrick Garland's family is done. His kids are not going to get access to the sweet discounts at colleges. His family Families are not going to sit on boards. He's not going to have around him the sweet flow of money, the ability to hand out walking fees and funds to his friends and family. He's not going to be able to appoint winners and losers. In other words, he's going to lose all of the treasures of this earth because moths will get to them and destroy them and thieves in his mind might steal them. That same Merrick Garland has announced Thousands of people in home confinement have reconnected with their families, have found gainful employment, and followed the rules. Meaning, he's going to let them stay out. They got let out because of COVID. He's going to let them stay out. Now, I am well in favor of people receiving grace from God. I'm well in favor of that. I need it every day. And I can share with you story, and so can you, story after story after story after story after story after story of people let out for for the COVID flu because of a bad flu, we're going to let murderers go, who got out of jail or prison and said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go murder someone, maybe a cop. You know that lady who turned me in for raping her? She should have kept her mouth shut. I'm going to go kill her. We can go case by case through things like this. He doesn't have any respect for that. Here's the reverse marketing funnel. If you do what the party needs, you literally get out of jail. So reverse it. Turn the funnel now upside down. Okay, you put the people through the broad part of the funnel right down to the tip. They're the tip. They're the ones in Jan 6 prison. Now, from the little tip of that, you have people in prison who've been let out. And they're going, I can't believe these idiots let me out for a flu. Baby, I love these guys. What do they need? Well, Antifa and Black Lives Matter Incorporated need help. I'm in. You mean I can go to Kenosha, Wisconsin as a felon? carry a firearm, attempt to kill a kid, and not go to prison? Yeah. 
Well, some of your guys died. Some of your fellow pedophiles died. But yeah, you mean I can join Black Lives Matter Incorporated in Antifa. I can attack cops day and night for a year, attempt to murder them, attempt to burn down a federal courthouse, get free drugs, free room and board, free lawyers, and I can do this and not go back to prison? Yes, that's exactly what we mean. Yes. So you take that all the way up now to the corporate boardrooms. You mean I don't have to perform financially? I don't have to figure out how to make money? That's what you mean? Yes, that's what the ESG score does. All you need to do is have your head right. Employment, social justice, and governance. As long as your company has its head right, you don't have to perform financially. That's gone. That's objective. That's an objective thing. We, We want subjective. We want a world of emotions. What's important is you do what the party says. What's important is that you take the knee to your new God. That's what's important. That's what they're doing. That's the dynamic. I hope everybody sees that. And by the way, People who set themselves up as gods have a really bad track record with God himself, who tends to take offense at such things. Like a lot of offense. And you go to the personalities involved in this. The seduction, it's so hard for people. It's so hard. I remember... When I saw Essie Cup got a gig at CNN, and I said, "Wow, she's." I, I remember Essie Cup. She was on my friend John Hawkins' list of um, most beautiful conservative women. I think John says hot women. And I remember hot conservative women, Essie Cup. And I remember I was working at the RNC and thought, "Oh, I don't know who she is. Pretty young, you know, journalist type." And I guess she was uh, this conservative person. In fact, I found this historical piece about S.E. Cup. Conservative S.E. Cup's unfiltered program moving to CNN. That should have given everybody a clue. This is from The Hill. S.E. Cup's weekly headline news program unfiltered removed to CNN and air on Saturday evening starting later this month. The conservative host announced Thursday. Yeah, conservative. Mm Mm-hmm. Very, very conservative. Here's S.E. Cup. Talking about President Trump and January 6th because Trump is going to give, he's going to host an event at Mar-a-Lago on January 6th and he should. It's called bracketing. And I pray the president brings up families victimized by this, like the people tracked down in Alaska, like this gentleman from Harlem. This, this black man, like the people whose kids have been in prison for a year and a half, like a, the guy who had the broken wrist and all the medical ailments, like the lawyers who aren't allowed to see their clients. I hope he brings them to the stage and focuses a lot on them because that's the way to draw people's attention. Here's S.E. Cup and friends. We also learned from Donald Trump that he's going to hold a news conference at Mar-a-Lago on January 6th, the one-year anniversary of the insurrection. What do you see here, Essie? Uh, That makes me physically ill, John. And the idea that he would hold any kind of propaganda event and where he potentially stokes more violence and encourages either tacitly or explicitly people to try it again 
Well, it makes me nauseous. It makes me sad and very nervous and afraid. And also, I think it will be very interesting to see how Republicans in Congress respond to that. I mean, these are people who have largely followed him over the last year. Are they going to sing his praises on that day? Undoubtedly. I have no doubt. John, I've long given up on the sort of the pivot, you know, that Republicans will will see Jesus and understand just how dangerous and awful these years of rhetoric and, and also policy have been, not just for Republicans who lost everything, but for America. I've long since lost the idea that they'll find religion. I think going into a midterm, they are all in for Trump. All right. Is anyone confused about Trump versus the Lord Jesus? Anybody? Hold on. Someone in back. Oh, it's my cat. My cat is not confused. Cat just shook her head. Nope. One is a man. One is the Lord. One is perfect, one is flawed. One stood in the way of what you are watching now, which is all Americans in the funnel, some of us further down than others, all of us to be targeted, all of us supposed to be afraid. But a whole bunch of us are going to say, (laughs) Joe, the only control you have over me is that which my father grants, Joe. And our system is very clear. You don't get to do this to us. Employers biblically are not to abuse their employees. Rulers, as we talked about yesterday, and judges are to act equitably they're not so i politely decline to be afraid or to do your bidding at all ever but the seduction i spoke of i don't know essie cup i've never met her i don't know her heart and i do not want to bear false witness and so i would just say this i know the dynamic you start getting more airtime i know this to be true When I had my concerns about the president during the general election all those many years ago, man, I was the sweetheart. Liberal radio shows that have never had me on again couldn't have enough of me because I was questioning. Well, I'm Ted Cruz guy. All those years ago, I know that's how you get more airtime. Guys, if I had announced, you know what? I I can't do it anymore. I can't continue to do conservative radio anymore because the party's too extreme. Instead of telling the truth, I want to speak about God from the center. If I had said, you know what? I can't do it anymore. The Republican Party is a violent group of racist white nationalists. I would already have a TV show on MSNBC. Already. And they're trying to push a national radio show. That's the seduction, but there's something else. Fear is seductive. It is. It's, it's like the tree of knowledge. The reason that fear is seductive is it's addictive. It's dopamine, fight or flight. 
better that we be tacticians. You know, guys I've talked to who've been in deep combat situations, not that there's light combat situations, they don't go in fear-based. They're alert, aware, calm, trained. It's trite to say we have God on our side and we have God on our side. We really do. I'm going to cheat a little bit. I am. Cheat. I don't even have to pretend I'm going to do a music review here. I just want to share a song with you. Happens to be in a man. I hope this works. <laughs> I'm building this up. I hope this works. Um, my lifelong best friend, who is in fact more of a brother to me, is named Matthew. He put out a record under the name Matt Bruno many years ago. It's called Punch and Beauty. I, and incidentally, he is much more of a composer than he is. Well, that's not true. He, he writes, in my mind, fantastic, fantastic, beautiful uh, craft pop, like pop songs, rock-ish pop songs that are gorgeous and tight and clever and, and melodic and, and harmony-driven and all of that. And his, his tastes now for what he likes to do are to write now uh, movements and in, in, in or- orchestral pieces that belong in churches and cathedrals. He happens to be a Catholic follower of Christ Jesus. And so I, I sometimes need this song. I do sometimes need this song. And it is on the device I use to listen to music when I lift, but sometimes I need to hear this on days when it's not related to lifting. Sometimes I get into my car and it's just, it's not a guilty pleasure because I think it's a great song. I just need to hear On Top of the World by him. So I give it to myself. It's a gift. You can hit me But you will miss me Cause I You won't scrape me Cause I, I'm on top of the world Top of the world. Have you guessed who's on top of the world yet? Figure that part out. Looked up lately. I do it daily. The world below you go. Standing straightly. Improving greatly. Yeah, I, I'm on top of the world Yeah, I, I am on my knees again I love this so I kiss the girl I, 
On top of the world. I, I don't know if I should skip the guitar solo. He doesn't like himself as a guitar. I think this is from David, though. The reason I could play that without the, the attendant music review is because I've been granted all rights to do that by the artist and the composer and the publisher. And that's my dearest brother. And that leads us to this today's personal note. Um, I've told a story before, and I think it's a vital one to tell at Christmas time. My friend, Matthew, shouldn't exist. He never should have been born. His brothers never should have been born. My two dear adopted brothers, Ed and Drew, should never have been born. And in this world, they probably never will would be. The two parents um, of Matthew and his brothers. Uh, I regard as my godparents. And I'm extremely proud to say that they've said in, in emails and phone calls and conversations, they view me as an, an adopted son. They are the people who brought me fully around to witnessing what a faith-filled life means. But here's why they shouldn't exist. His mother was born on Christmas Day. And she was sickly. And she was so sickly and she couldn't she couldn't nurse on Christmas Day. They put that little baby, they swaddled her and, and, and tried to make her comfortable and they put her by the wood burning stove near enough to stay warm. And not not obviously to be harmed, but to stay warm. And they said the most we can do is, is keep her comfortable and just let the Lord take her. And the Lord didn't take her. And he said, no, it's, this is not my choice. Your commission is to raise this child. And so Karen has always been small of stature, but never, never small of heart or energy or strength, particularly in her faith. And so she grew and she thrived. And she met a man. And that man was a legendary local football player, got to meet Jimi Hendrix. Same high school. He said at the time, we called him James. He was just another guy with a guitar. And then when 
my friend, heard him as Jimi Hendrix. Wow, if someone learned to play. And they had kids. Uh, but see, there's more to this. Karen never should have met Gary. Even though she survived, she never should have met him. Because Gary's birth mother was an unwed teen. Just as today's medicine, so-called, would have probably spotted Karen's condition when Karen was in the womb and said, you know what, let's, let's do the merciful thing and get rid of this clump of cells for you. The world today would have gone to Gary's birth mother and said, shot your abortion. We'll pay for it. While you're here, maybe we'll shoot you up with some wrong sex hormones and you'll never get pregnant again. Because we're the party. Instead, she went to a convent where this great man was born. And then he thrived. And he wasn't supposed to, given his genesis. And he did in a home of faith. And he met Karen. And their marriage has given them, I, I've lost track of the grandkids. I was never supposed to be best friends with Matthew. I was supposed to beat him up. I told you the story. He showed up in junior high with all the concert t-shirts. Everybody thought he was a poser. I was supposed to beat him up. And instead, I just asked him, where'd you get those? That's not the way I was supposed to come to faith. And it was Karen's every single time I left that home, because I lived with them for a long while. Every single time I left the home, it was Karen telling me whether it was five o'clock in the morning when I was going to go dig ditches, God be with you. Or seven o'clock at night, I was going to go meet Matthew up at the University of Washington. God be with you. That that phrase snuck into my being and embedded itself there. And so that on a night, when I was back over in the Spokane area with a dear friend and we saw a young girl hitchhiking in the snow. It was around Christmas time. And she was not even wearing a coat and she had a revealing-ish tight t-shirt on. And my brother pulled the truck over and said, hey, look, let's give you a ride. And she got in. Her name was Lori. And asked, hey, where are you headed? And she said, Wallace. It's a, in the snow, it was an hour. And so we took her to Wallace. And on the way, she said, hey, I'd love to drive this truck. I love fast trucks. You let me drive it. And I said, nah. Rora said, nah. Only Todd gets to drive my truck. She goes, I'll take my shirt off if you let me drive the truck. I'll, I'll show you my, uh, I'll, you know, take my shirt and bra off. No, Lori, we can't do that. And we got to Wallace and she said, Hey, it's right here. This is where I live. And I live here with my mom. We live upstairs and it was above a bar and the bar still had drinking going on. Back in the day, Wallace had a reputation 
And she said, Hey, you guys should come up. My mom is, my mom's pretty young. You guys should come up. Let's have a party. And I said, um, Laura, I can't do that. And she started to shut the door. I said, Hey, Lori, she held the door up and I said, Lord, God be with you. And she froze and looked at me and looked at my, my friend with all of the offers she had made to defile herself. The Lord, first of all, we never would have done that. Second of all, I never would have spoken the words. God be with you. I was not supposed to speak them. Because Gary was not supposed to live. (laughs) Karen was not supposed to live. I was never supposed to meet Matthew, but it happens. Karen was born on Christmas Day. God is with us. Today is the day. God is still with us. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and please do just make sure that you are right with God.